where nobody knows your name is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. Hello, and welcome to Where Nobody Knows Your Name, a Cheers podcast. I'm James. And I'm John. Today we're discussing episode 24 of season 3, The Bells of St. Cleats, which is a nice title, isn't it, John? Oh, it's good, yeah. I don't know what that makes me feel. Oh, nostalgic. It reminds me of the old black and white St. Trinian's films, if you remember them, with Alastair Sim. Uh, obviously, Rupert Everett played Alastair Sim's character in the recent remakes. I tell you what though, James, do you know what I'm nostalgic for? I'm nostalgic for the 2nd of May, 1985, which is the date this episode came out. This episode was written by Ken Eston and directed by James Burroughs. I'm not sure if James Burroughs has directed before. He sounds familiar. I'm not going to lie. I definitely recognise the name. Maybe first time big gig. Of course, we're being ironic. He's directed every episode so far. I'm not being ironic. I'm, I'm genuine. <laughs> should we kick off with the cold opening, James? I think we should. And it's a good cold opening. Norm Norm stumbles into the bar early. It's still daylight. And this is confused Sam because Sam's only just opened. He's like, why well, wasn't Norm here so early? That's it. Early doors, isn't it? And Sam scolds him a little bit for being early or gives a kind of sarcastic comment when... Um, Norm orders a beer. Yeah, because uh, Norm should be working at the moment. What's going on? What Norm explains is that his supervisor got sick, so Norm was put in charge of the office and decided to just take the day off, essentially. He closed down the whole business. Yep. What would you do if, if you were in charge for the day, James? I don't think I'm at liberty to say, because some of our <laughs> colleagues listen to our, this podcast. I thought you were going to say, like, free snacks. Where the budget? <laughs> no, no, I, I, I couldn't possibly say. I plead the fifth. What we do get is Sam starts suggesting some lovely things Norm could do. Norm's not interested. He knows what he wants to do. Well, how about checking out that gym you've been putting off joining? Not in the mood for sweat, you know? <laughs> well, I'd say you could uh, set up that workshop in your garage. I'd have to clean it all out first. It's a mess. <laughs> well, Norm, you, you could sit here all day shooting down my ideas and drinking beer. Wait a minute. Ooh, I think we're on to something here. Huh? What do you say? Put a head on this thing and uh, let's hear some more of those suggestions. Well, all right. Uh, let's see. Uh, how about skydiving? No, mess up my hair. It's the dream. <laughs> Living the dream. <laughs> we do get a tasty Norm favourite breakfast, though. Or Norm's suggestion of a breakfast. Oh, yeah, yeah, we do. It's one of your favourites, I think. What brings you in this time of day? Same thing that always does. A little early for a beer, isn't it? So float a cornflake in it. <laughs> beer it is. I like your style, Norm. It sounds quite similar to you, James. Yes. Within the first few months of John and I knowing each other, I, for some reason or another, whether it was because I had a cold or didn't want to go out, or whether it's because I just didn't want to go outside, I found myself eating what was left in the house, which happened to be cornflakes and Desperado, the tequila flavored beer. Now, before you think I'm some kind of vagabond, I, <laughs> Just, you I know didn't... It's, it's too late for that. People already <laughs> think that. He had what? Before you think I'm some kind of vagabond or recluse, I didn't put the cornflakes in a bowl of Desperado. That would be crazy. I put the cornflakes in a bowl of milk, like a sane person. But I think that's worse. <laughs> the Desperado is a kind of chaser. But it all, all curdles. Alcohol and milk don't mix. Despite what Dr. Feelgood said. To 
does that lead us on to the main episode? Yeah. Carla's waitressing in uh, Cheers. Well, she gives this big reaction. And it's a, a similar reaction to when she sees Diane at the beginning of the series, which is like horrified. And uh, it's revealed that uh, it is one of Carla's old teachers. Yeah, she used to go to uh, St. Cleet's School for young girls, essentially. And uh, her old headmistress shows up. Drusilla de Miglia. But Drusy for short, which I'll go for, 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 for now and I'll go for that. And she's described like an evil, horrible woman. That's it. She's the kind of umbrage or... Tr- trunchable. Trunchable. That's it. Famously from Matilda, which also had Rhea Pullman. And, and Danny DeVito directing. Played a married couple in it. That's a great film. Do you think Carla got put in the chokey? Yes. I want to say yes. That sounds like something that would happen to Carla. Picked up by the pigtails and spun around. <laughs> Have you seen Matilda? Or do you just sort of go in along with it? I've saw it a long time ago. It's one of the best films ever made, James. See, I, w- <laughs> I was more Alistair Sim in St. Ginian's. The- <laughs> yes, we had very different childhoods, it seems. Well, anyway, that's how I'm presenting the backstory of how bad this teacher is. To be fair, I think in St. Trinian's, the children were worse than the teachers. Well, I could believe that because Carla's pretty bad. Anyway, the thing that we do know about Carla is she bears a grudge with anyone, especially this teacher. And uh, she sees this as her opportunity to get revenge. She does. And she gets the old gang back together, her old school friends. And she's like, hey, Drewsy's back in town. We're going to pull those pranks that we always said we would do. Should we do a bit of a road call of the gang? We've got Camilla Ashland as Drusilla de Miglio. She also appeared in Dark Shadows, the original TV show, the soap opera from the 70s. She also appeared in Any Which Way You Can, Saint Elsewhere, V, V the Final Battle, Freddy's Nightmares, and The Golden Girls. She also appeared alongside Rhea Pullman in Season 2, Episode 13 of Taxi, Louis Meets the Folks. What a filmography. And who else is in Carla's gang then? We've got Kate Zentel as Kathy Setagicato. Also appeared in Nuts Landing, Saint Elsewhere, Night Court, Remington Steel, Hunter and Becker. Two from Saint Elsewhere. Is there the little Tommy Westworld universe? Tommy Westworld, but Westworld is probably in it somewhere. <laughs> Everything's in Tommy Westworld universe. You, listener, you are in the Tommy Westworld universe. You just don't know it yet. Tommy Westworld is, uh, is a robot and he's, he's going to get you because you're in the universe too. <laughs> there was also Catherine Poloni as Donna Guzzo. She also appeared in The Twilight Zone, Hill Street Blues, Nuts Landing, The X-Files, Ellen, Diagnosis Murder, ER, The Ring and Six Feet Under which is a good collection. There's also Marsha Warfield as Roxanne Brewster. She also appeared in Family Ties, Night Court, of which she was a main character, Empty Nest, of which she was a main character, Dave's World, Mad About You, and there was also Ellen Gerstein as Mo McSweeney. She also appeared in LA Law, Seinfeld, Quantum Leap, Friends, Shameless, Fresh Off the Boat, and The Morning Show, among many others. Now, if you think that's a lot of the cast members this episode, there's more. <laughs> Please say Al. There's Alan Koss as Alan, Thomas Babson as Tom, Tim Cunningham as Tim, Steve Gianelli as Steve, Larry Harpel as Larry, and Kelsey Grammer returns as Dr. Fraser Kane. Now, we'll delve into his story as we go on. With all of this cast and all of the Tommy Westwell universe, a lot of people play the same people, which means there's doppelgangers in the universe. And that plays in because Carla's friends... Don't believe this is Drewsy. They're unconvinced, which sets up, I suppose, Carla's conflict throughout the episode that she wants to play pranks, but does she want to play pranks on an innocent woman? Probably. It's Carla. But will she? She thought they were going to agree with her, and she was ready to 
as a gang take down their old teacher and now she's a bit unsure she's not got the backing of her squad she doesn't know what to do but Druzy keeps coming in every like Tuesday or Thursday one of those days yeah it was at 8 p.m I believe and that's when they gather and, and she's like she comes in here everything at this time and then she goes quick she's coming hide behind the bar and I'm like you knew what time she was going to arrive I'm a bit surprised that you called your friends to arrive 10 minutes before but all right well, also she didn't recognize Carla uh, so I don't know why they all have to hide behind a bar that's true it's interesting though that they are hiding behind a bar because they um I don't even know what the correct word for it is but uh Sam's not too happy with them being behind the bar assaulted yeah he's just trying to serve some drinks and they're pinching and grabbing things and he's not okay with it you know let's not be coy Sam has done some things which are not okay also it's a bit of an uncomfortable thing to watch that these few women behind the bar at one point I think he just gets tossed to the lions metaphorically speaking tossed to the lions yeah pretty much he's pretty helpless are you unfamiliar with this phrase (laughs) just just haven't heard it for a while it's not a everyday phrase you use. Oh, it isn't. I'll remember it, though. <laughs> I suppose that's the first act of this episode, which should we talk about one of the other storylines? We've got a storyline with Cliff and a storyline with Fraser. Take your pick. Let's go with Cliff. Cliff's got a letter from this lady love in Florida, and he's like, I got a letter here. None of you can read it, but I assure you it's very sultry. Cliff finds himself a ladies' man, you know? If one thing's been proven throughout this series, is Cliff is a ladies' man. He's certainly a man. Carla would argue with that, I think. <laughs> it's a mystery of, of what's in the letter. He's, he's sort of boasting a bit with other people in the bar. You listed a lot of them. Alan and co. All the boys. As you pointed out, Al is not one of them. But it doesn't stop Cliff from boasting. But people don't believe him. No, I don't know why they wouldn't believe him, as you pointed out. He's a ladies' man. He's a honourable man. Why would he lie about such a thing like this? He'd been getting letters from Florida the whole time. This progresses throughout the episode. He gets more and more letters, showing off more and more peacocking, strutting a little bit. When he goes to the bathroom, I think Norm takes his letter, but he reads the letter. He does, and it's, uh, what, what would you call it? I referenced The Simpsons. In one of the episodes, Homer's eating flowers, and Bart throws a bunch of flowers at him later on and says, go eat some flowers. And Homer goes, my secret shame. So this is Cliff's secret shame. Is that he stole from a hotel? He's been passing off all these sort of letters or warnings about like complaints saying, give us the stuff back. Don't they say like, give us our shower curtains back or something equally as big? He raided the place. <laughs> Cliff did a Keith Moon and just trashed everything. <laughs> he didn't trash it. He very strategically packed it in his bag. <laughs> I brought the shower curtain with me. So basically, Norm knows that Cliff's been lying, and all the boys want to hear what the letter is. They go, hey, Norm's got Cliff's letter. Read it out, Norm, read it out. And Norm's like, uh uh-huh. now it's a moral quandary there. What should he do? It's a turning point, isn't it? Test of friendship. And I mean, considering a couple of episodes ago, Cliff sort of sold Norm down the river and let him go to jail. You know, I'm... <laughs> it's interesting to see what would happen. But Norm did the friend thing, and he made up a letter. Yes, it was a saucy letter, or as saucy as Norm was willing to be. I want you. I want you. I want you. You are burning in my heart like, uh... Like, uh... uh, I can't make this out. Can you say him? It's, uh... Volcano. Volcano. Volcano, right. I, uh... I think of you at night when I go to bed and in the morning when I wake up. And uh, I dream about you in between when I'm sleeping. 
uh, admittedly, when most people dream. It's true. Uh, you're quite a man, all right, and that's for darn sure. And uh, you satisfy every hunger that I have as a woman. Respectfully yours. Lynette Cahill. Ooh, tell you what, John, is it warm in here or is it just me? I think it's just you. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> should we uh, should we talk about Fraser? Yeah, it's not warm where Fraser is. The opposite. It's a bit chilly. So where are Fraser and Diane during this whole debacle to do with letters and people who may or may not be a headmistress from past? Italia. Italia. The Alps. Yeah, snowy. Snowy Alps. What a romantic setting. Diane's in their hotel room and she's talking about how there's a ski slope which leads directly to their room, which sounds beautiful. Fraser comes crashing in. <laughs> Skis akimbo. <laughs> that's a new phrase. I feel I've confidently used it. I feel that's how it's meant to be used. <laughs> Do you know what? I like how I haven't questioned skis akimbo, but I did question thrown to the lions. <laughs> They're commonplace phrases. Uh, Fraser and Diane have, have a little bit of a tiff about how much Diane's calling cheers. Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a surprise, given how they left in that conversation. I'm surprised they haven't had a tiff of going, what do you mean you kissed Sam? No, apparently it's it's just to do with the phone bill, which if you're calling from the Alps and if you're calling to Boston, the phone bill's, yeah, probably, probably racking up. Dan responds. She yells at him because... Although it's quite cold where they are, Fraser's trying to stoke a fire, and Diane's talking on the phone about, you know, methods of handling anger in regards to Carla and her pursuit of revenge. While she's talking about this, talking about how best to remain calm, <laughs> Fraser's making a kind of clanging noise, and then she just yells at him. She vents it constantly in small doses to prevent a buildup that might erupt in violence. It's something that. Many hot-tempered, uneducated people evolve instinctively, and though it's rather primitive, it is nearly as effective as more sophisticated techniques cultivated and employed by better-educated people with gentler temper. Stop that, damn it! <laughs> Please, darling, just until I'm finished. Certainly, dearest heart. Thank you, love of my life. It's, it's almost like uh, the opposite of when Diane and Sam were saying goodbye, just calling each other friend in lots of different ways. Yes, certainly the words themselves aren't necessarily what's important, but the subtext behind them. I think it was a couple of episodes back where Sam said, write with big spaces because I like to read between the lines. It's just that, subtext. But this uh, this becomes not very subtext because in the end, Diane, whilst Fraser's like trying to clean out the chimney, load of ash in his face. Uh, it's quite a slapstick scene at times. Uh, there's one bit where she accidentally knocks him out with his own skis. Oh, yeah. We've had a few scenes on their travels so far. Ken Estin, he's a wizard of a writer. I think the footnotes are Diane's not very happy and neither's Fraser. Now that we're in the final episodes... That will have to come to a head and we'll find out what happens. Things are heating up, much like a blocked chimney in the Alps. <laughs> if that's not a common phrase, I don't know what is. Carla's, Carla's cleaning up the bar and they're closing for the night. And guess who walks in? Druzy. But she's she's forgot her uh, her wallet, her purse. And you've left it with Carla? Foolish. 
Carla's Carpe DM sees the day. Carla's like, well, I can check her ID. Proof. It is Druzy all along. Carla knows what she's got to do. Take revenge. Her plot of revenge is to shave her head, is it not? Yeah, which w- would have been very drastic. I think she, she comes to her senses, you know, and her and Druzy, they kind of hit off a bit. Yeah, and they're still playing darts come the early morn when Sam's heading back from probably a date. It's what Sam does. Actually, I like this episode because Sam's not really relevant. Sam doesn't do much. Yeah, it's everyone else. <laughs> Which I like. I'm not complaining. So, uh, yeah, Carla and Druzy knocking back pints, playing some darts. They're in the side room. Sam comes in and Carla comes in to meet in the main room. Sam's like, oh, I'm glad you got on. Carla says, yeah, I'm glad. Before I did something drastic. That it was a test, Sam, and I passed. <laughs> then old Druzy comes out. She comes in walking in one way. Obviously, she's coming from the back room. And as she walks back, she has to turn around. She does that and we see half her hair is missing. I didn't say I got an A, Sammy. I just said I passed. (laughs) But Drusy seemed all right about it, you know, so it's all good. That's the trivia bar there, James. Before we get into the letters, I hear we've got an order at the bar. We do. We have a lovely drinks order. If you have a drinks order, please send it in. And over time, you'll hear it echoed back in a post to you. So we've got a drinks order here from someone on Instagram called Banana Gordon, which pretty good name. Not going to lie. Want to hear what their order is, John? Of course I do, James. It's one of your favorites when we talked about it in the past. It's A hot buttered rum. I still haven't had one. It sounded really good though. They did. Maybe in those harsh winters in the Alps, maybe a hot buttered rum is just what you need to warm yourself up. Sounds delightful. Nice order, Banana Gordon. I'm guessing a fan of the show. People listening at the moment, just uh, feel free to post on our Facebook page, favourite thing about the show, what you like about the podcast and what else you want to hear us talk about, really. We talk about bar stories, talk about anything you want. We will fit it into a discussion of a Cheers episode. Looking forward to hearing from all of you. I'll kick it off with some questions, James. In this episode, Sam gives uh, quite a few suggestions to Norm about what he could do with his wonderful day off, his 24 hours of Norm. What are some of the suggestions Norm turns down? I'll tell you what, 24 hours of Norm, if that's not a reality show, then I don't know what is. It's a drama like 24. <laughs> you're, you're avoiding the question. What plans does Sam suggest? Yes? Yeah. Yeah, I believe it's go sailing, practice his slice, as in golfing, join the gym, clean the garage, skydiving, and finally shoot down Sam's ideas and drink beer. Well, I know which one I'd go for. The one with the least effort. Which is skydiving. That's just falling. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What is the name of the person who sent Cliff his letter? I know it was Lynette something. That's at least half a point, yeah. No, I don't know. Well, they, they were a hotel owner. They were, and it's Lynette Cahill. What a name. I've got a, a good question to springboard off that. In her letter to Cliff, she names quite a few objects that Cliff had uh, ransacked the hotel with. What did he take? For some reason, door handles came to mind. People trapped in rooms, like in the crystal maze. <laughs> Luckily, um, not door handles. A curtain or curtain rings. A shower curtain, yeah. Um, he took... Also the rod for the shower curtain. He took ashtrays, light bulbs, motel towels. He just took a whole shower, didn't he? Yeah, he took the taps. <laughs> he took the kitchen sink. <laughs> Dear Mr. Clavin, please return the kitchen sink. 
Oh, no. Dear Mr. Clavin, please return our ladder or further steps may be taken. Please return the white goods. <laughs> Druzy, good old Drusilla de Miglia. She is a drink of choice. What is it? Something with a grapefruit. Gin? Gin and grapefruit? Yep, gin and grapefruit juice. Now, I think that may depend on the gin. I think gin and grapefruit juice might be quite bitter, but if you have a nice sweet gin, it could go quite nicely. Taylor James, we'll put it as the special and we can try it. So we've got two specials, gin and grapefruit juice or a nice hot buttered rum. Uh, it's pretty hot at the moment, so I might go for the grapefruit. It's the middle of June when we're recording this episode and it is very warm. That's why I'm going to go for the gin and grapefruit. Before we get there though... Carla swore vengeance on uh, good old Druzy, and there was an identifiable mark on Druzy. What was that mark, James? Uh, Carla's bite marks, her teeth marks in her ankle. Yeah. I have one more question, and it's related to the Tommy Westfall universe. Marsha Warfield played Roxanne Brewster in this episode. She was the third main character from Night Court to appear in Cheers. Who were the previous two? Harry Anderson, that's Harry the Hat, and the second one escapes me, James. It's Marky Post, and she played Heather in season two, episode 11, Just Three Friends. I do actually remember now. 80s hairdos, that's what I remember. Big 80s hair. That's last orders at the bar, James. Let's get Banana Gordon. We've got to get them their hot bird rum. Two grapefruits and gin. That's a nice spread, isn't it? A hot buttered rum, gin and grapefruit juice. Well, it's a nice collection we have there. And I think what we got in this episode was a nice collection of vignettes of different stories. We saw a delve into the past of Carla. We saw a delve into Cliff's trip to Florida. We saw a delve into Norm's heart and his friendship. And also the Italian Alps. It's interesting what you brought up there. We saw Carla's past. We saw Cliff's present. And we saw with Diana Frazier something which might hint to their future. It's all up in the air from here on, and what could happen now? Well, as we're nearing the end of Season 3, it's an announcement as to all the platforms we're available on. They include Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, CastBox, Google Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Casts, and Radio Public, as well as our main platform, Anchor, where we host all of our content. I'll tell you what, next week is the finale of season three, where it will all come out of the woodwork. Thank you for listening to uh, this episode of Where Nobody Knows Your Name, a Cheers podcast.